Such a good video. So true. Uh, we're in part three of a series called Be Rich. Uh, if you missed the last two weeks, I encourage you to go catch up and listen to it. Uh, you can do it on, uh, online, our website, or through our uh, podcast. I want to say hello to all those tuning in uh, online. Thanks for tuning in with us. We're glad you're with us today also. Uh, we're going to uh, wrap up this series today. Uh, and then next week we start a new series, which I'll tell you more about in a second, which I'm excited about. Uh, but we're going to end this series uh, today. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture where we get the idea for this series from. And then I'll review a little bit for the last two weeks, and then we'll jump into today's idea. Uh, but essentially, in, in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, Paul is teaching his protege, Timothy, another pastor, how to be a good pastor. And he's, he's, he's showing him what he should do to instruct the people that he's pastoring, uh, how, how he should lead them, what he should tell them, so they can really experience all that God has for them. And so as he's writing this, I kind of take it to heart because this would be instructions that he would be giving me as a pastor, saying, hey, those that are listening to you, those that are coming to the grove, like instruct them in these ways because in this they're going to find some amazing things if they'll just trust God. And so notice the words that he uses, command those who are rich. So he's not suggesting, don't just suggest those people, command them. Like tell them, those that are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And he goes on and says, command them to do good, to be rich. So be rich, there's the, there's the, the, the title, right? Be rich. To be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So taking this passage the last three weeks, we've kind of broke it down and saying, here's, here's some ideas when it comes to being rich, right? So the first week we said, I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. So we can't put our hope in wealth, but we have to put our hope in God who actually gives us those things for, for, for our help. And actually he says for our enjoyment, right? So the things he passes to us and allows us to manage is for our enjoyment also. We don't have to suffer. We can enjoy things. The issue is not how much comes to you. Really the issue the Bible brings up is when you don't let anything else out. The reason God gives us so it can pass through you to others. He wants to bless you so you can be a blessing to others as we trust him for that, right? Um, one, of the, one of the things, the challenges that we said in the series is when it comes to being rich is the reason Paul would have to tell Timothy to command the rich people to be, to be good, good rich people is because typically rich people aren't good at being rich, right? Research actually shows us that the more somebody makes, the less of their income they give away. So the amount might be larger as they make more, but the percentage goes down. So when they made a little bit, they gave a larger percentage of the income away to other causes and things like that. But as it gained, as it grows, so the, the, the percentage goes down, what research says. And so we, we know by research that this is just typical for rich people, right? It's hard. And so the first week, we challenged us to say, hey, here's the assumption that, that we're going to be making on this, in this series, right? Is that you are rich in some way. Um, when he says be rich, he's not, the series is not how to get rich, so we're not teaching you how to get rich. There's a lot of resources that you can learn to do that, right? There's a lot of books, a lot of ways you can learn to make money. But we're saying here's how you be rich, right? This is the way that you will be a good, rich person. And so week one, I really pushed against and said, hey, if you live in America, just so you know, according to the rest of the world, you're actually well off, and, and you have a lot of opportunities that other people don't, will never have in their life. Uh, we also said that being rich people have a hard time um, saying they're rich because they don't feel rich, right? If you don't feel rich, you're not ever going to think you're rich. And a big problem we don't, a lot of people don't feel rich is because there's no margin in their life, right? If you don't have um, extra, you don't feel like you have extra. And so uh, instead of um, creating margin and saving, our country typically borrows more to have more. And so we go into debt. And actually, actually the first week I said it's actually $1.33, right? So uh, we're, we're living 33% beyond our means. So being rich really is also about management, and the Bible says you need to learn to manage your resources so that you can um, 
learn to create margins so you can be a blessing to others. That's a big part of it. And so being rich also means you have to learn how to be rich, right? So you have to learn it. So we're, we're challenging just this, through this series how to do this, right? Um, to have, have margin. And the reason to, for people to say they're rich is because the definition changes depending on how much you make. So uh, whatever, whatever standard you, you, you have, being rich is always a little higher. Well, when you get to that higher level, that they also have a higher standard. So it always moves. The definition is, is, is not a fixed one, but it's, it depends on the person saying this is what it would take to be rich. I read one, one study where they actually said, uh, some people said, you know what, what it means to be rich to you? They just said, man, if I just woke up and had breath in my lungs, like for them, that was them being rich. Like they understood the opportunities in front of them. Others, it's a certain amount of money in their bank account or a certain house, right? So it's hard to measure that because we don't, we have this, the standard is always moving, right? And when you make more, you think you need more uh, to be able to classify yourself as rich. But the truth is here, and this is what I want really today kind of drive home, is every single one of us is rich in some area, all right? You are rich in some area, in some way. Uh, it might be, might be resources like wealth, right? It might be uh, you, the job that you have. Uh, it might be relationships. It might be, if, if I, I see some gray hair in, in this place, it might be your experiences, right? As you get more gray hair, typically you have more experiences, and if it's evaluate experiences, that means you're very rich in those experiences, that you could pass on those, which is knowledge and understanding, right? So we're all, we're all rich in different ways, all right? So this is a series about challenges, how to use our lives to understand that we are rich in different ways. Let's be, let's be good rich people by helping others to know um, that they matter, that they count, right, and that we can share. So last week we talked about when people lose their, their why, they lose their way. Uh, whenever we forget about why we're here, what we're trying to accomplish, the purpose, we make the purpose about us. And so if God is saying, here's the way I want you to go, and you start going that way, and you're living for it to help others, you're living for, for good deeds, things like that, but you, you forget why you're doing it, eventually you'll, you'll, you'll drift and go back to the default of saying, I want this to be all about me. And so when we lose our why, we lose our way. So you can't ever forget why we're doing what we're doing. And we said last week that God has blessed me with more than I need so I can make a difference in the life of another. And when we begin to understand that and believe that, we'll actually begin to make differences in other people's lives. When we think, God, you give me more than I need when it comes to time, when it comes to talents, when it comes to resources. And I'm going to use those to be able to be a blessing to others. Tommy Barnett, who's a pastor in Phoenix, he said this. He said, the happiest person in any room is the person who is living their life for others. The happiest person in this room is the person who is living their life for others. I can attest to that. When I get, whenever I'm in a room and I understand that I am living for others, man, I have so much joy in my life. I'm living in such a way that I say, I was made for this. It is, is beyond me, right? Um, and so I love his statement. In fact, Tom Barnett, he, he, he started what we call the Dream Centers. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Dream Center. Uh, but around the nation, in large cities, they start these ministries that, that uh, reach out to uh, prostitutes and drug addicts and homeless. Um, and they build these dream centers where they get them off of drugs and they get them rehabilitated and they get them uh, plugged in. And really they serve the poorest of the poor in different communities that have started around our nation, around the world. And really that was his heart, saying what, what it would look like as a church to say, let's reach those that nobody else is reaching. Let's, let's serve the poor. Let's serve those that, that need it the most. And so from him, that's, that mushroomed out and began to, other people began to, to do the same thing. He, he sets that example. So when he says that, I really... He has an understanding that when he lives in this way, there is something that comes to your life that, that is fulfilling and satisfying when you live your life for others. Because if you don't, then you're living your life for yourself. And, and no healthy relationship ever exists when the person is only focused on themselves, right? Healthy relationships take us looking at others and seeing what they need so that, they can, they can, um, that we can have a healthy relationship. 
So one of the reasons that we're saying be rich is, let me just give you a couple of reasons, right? One, God asks us to be generous. And so throughout scripture, he asks us, he commands us, use your life to, to make a difference. Um, God also asks us to be generous and give away from ourselves because he, he knows it's the antidote for one of the things that we struggle so much in our country, materialism, wanting more and more and more. Well, when you're generous with your life, you actually break that in your life. You don't need more and more to be satisfied. You, you give more and more and you understand that, that that blessings come with that and more resources come with that. And then the third thing is it's contagious, which I'm going to talk a little about today. Is it's contagious. When you're generous, other people catch that and they want to use the same thing. Uh, when somebody stands up like Martin Luther King Jr. and begins to say, we need to change things, right? Mother Teresa stands up and says, we need to serve the poorest of the poor. It's contagious. People will come around and say, we want to be a part of that. We want to partner with you and help you to do that. It's very contagious. You know, uh, this last week, my son came home from school, and he caught a little virus, a stomach virus, a little bug. And uh, he came home after picking up, he threw up. And, and I'm telling the kids, wash your hands. Everybody wash your hands. Don't touch anything he touched, right? And uh, so we all did that, trying to be really careful. The next day, guess what happened? I got sick. I caught what he had, right? I was like, oh, I hate this. Stomach bug's like the worst, right? So for, for a whole day, I caught what he had. In life, we understand this about germs, we understand this about sickness, right? We catch that. Sometimes we, we forget and, or, or, or don't understand that we catch the attitudes, we catch the behaviors, we catch the beliefs of others around us, right? And what God is saying is if you live in such a way uh, that, that, um, uh, that I'm, I'm instructing and helping you, you'll actually pass on. You'll be contagious with your life. You, you'll bleed, out, bleed into them generosity and, and excitement and joy and the ability to use your life uh, to help others. Um, it, it, so when we, when we give, it breaks that materialism. When we give, it's contagious. When we give, we're honoring God. Um, one, one pastor calls it the consumption assumption, right? The consumption assumption is if it comes to me, it must be for me. Well, generosity breaks that. Just because it comes to you doesn't mean it's necessarily for you. Sometimes God wants to use you to be a blessing to others, right? And so he wants us to, to pass on what he has. I, in fact, I believe this is what Jesus modeled for us when he came walked the earth. So I want to model for you what it looks like. I'm going to be contagious. And the disciples caught what he had. Um, so let's read 1 Timothy 6, 17, 19, and we'll pull out the main thing we're talking about today. All right, so he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share, so they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So he says, when they're generous, when they're willing to share, when they do all these things we talked about the last two weeks, notice what happens. They take hold of a life that is truly life. See, when we, we hear the American dream, we have these dreams and desires in our lives, things we want to attain, we begin to chase after that, right? We think that is life, and God is saying, no, that's not necessarily always bad, but it can be bad. But let me teach you what really is life. And for us, each of us is going to be slightly different because God's wired you and wired me for something uh, unique, right? With, because of unique skills, because of unique relationships, because of unique opportunities and even where you live. There's opportunities for you to be able to do things that will make a difference with your life that I never could. And there's things I could do that you could never do. But when we begin to live that way, we take hold of that life that God is saying, this is how it wired you. This is why I made you. I created you for these things, which we'll talk about in a second. So he's saying, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. So today I want to talk about being rich in good deeds, all right? And the reason I want to talk about good deeds today is I'm not going to talk about um, so much about money. The last two weeks were about money. And the reason is because today after our service, the end of our service, the last thing we'll do is we're going to give to the Kingdom Builders offering. What Kingdom Builders offering is, is this. Every year we, we set this stretch goal for our church. Said, what would it look like if you know, we give on a weekly basis to help the ministry, to help start churches, all that? What would it look like if we went above and beyond that to help nonprofits, to help organizations who are, who are rescuing kids from, from sex trafficking? What would it look like if we fed the poor and, and the needy around the world and around our city, right? And so we put the stretch goal and say, hey, let's give to these needs this year. So if you feel led above and beyond, let's do it. And then once, one Sunday a month, we actually dedicate the whole offering to go out from us 
So today's offering, 100% of what comes in is going to go out. Like we're not going to keep a penny of it. We're going to give it out to the to the different projects that we've we've selected, right? And so we've been talking about the last two weeks. Um, uh, a refugee girl that's here, uh, immigrant girl that's here in, in the states that needs in, in Santa Fe that needs some braces. Parts that can, we're going to help her get some braces, right? I talked to the another church. They're going to partner with us to do that. We're partnering with them, um, working together to make make a difference in her life. And uh, what's cool is the relationships and the conversation as going out. They're finding more and more opportunities to, to serve her and her family, which is pretty awesome. And so um, that's one of the needs that we're putting out there. There's a, a ministry in Ghana, West Africa. Uh, they bust in 140 kids every, uh, every week for school. They're teaching them uh, to the school. But a lot of times the kids can't get there because they don't have a ride. So they're, they're raising money to buy a bus. We're going to contribute to help buy that bus for them, right? So we're hoping that we'll be part of that tipping point that really gets people generous to give even more. And so we're praying that that'll, that'll happen. Um, and then uh, feed, feed people in, in, in hungry, different parts of the world that are hungry, like in India, right? So some needs in Santa Fe that we can meet. And so this offering today is coming in. It's going to go out to take care of a lot of those needs. And so the last two weeks we talked about finances because we said we want you to be prepared to, to, for it. Today, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm actually hoping that you prayed about it, you came prepared, ready to give. And if you didn't, um, I'll say this end again, but don't feel any pressure to give. In fact, if you didn't come prepared to give and you want to, uh, pray about it. Think about it. No, there's no need to, to feel any kind of pressure in that. Uh, you can just write, write in the, on the envelope next week saying, hey, this is for that offering last week, right? Um, or you can give online later this week and just put a note saying this was for the Sunday's offering. And we'll make sure it gets added to that um, because we have more needs than just the ones that we're committed to try to uh, meet this, this week. We have others that throughout the end of the year we're still going to try to help do some more good for them, all right? Uh, but anyway, so, uh, so we talked about finances the last two weeks. Today we're going to talk about good deeds, all right? So what does it look like when you don't have the resources? What does it look like to give beyond maybe just money? What does that look like? So he says, command them to be rich in good deeds. So if we looked at our bank account, you know, it'd be easy to see how much money we have in there. Like, what is our ledger? What, 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 how much is there? But if we looked at our life and it comes to good deeds, you know, what would people say about you when it comes to the good deeds? Are you rich in good deeds? You might be rich with finances, but are you rich in good deeds? Are you using your life in such a way that you're using your time, your talent, the opportunities that God puts in front of you to, to serve others, to help others? And, and Paul's saying, hey, it's not just about giving away their, their, their money. In fact, they need to give something even more valuable, give some time. Give, 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 give them opportunities to serve others. Uh, so when it comes to doing good deeds, let me just really start with, with make sure you understand that we don't, we don't have salvation be, because of good deeds and because of works. Right? We have salvation because of grace. Uh, we have right standing with God because of the cross, because of grace, not because of what we do. But what we do is responsible because of what God did. In fact, Ephesians 2.8 says it like this, For it is by grace you've been saved, through faith. Right? You've, you've been saved through faith by grace. This is not from yourself. It's a gift from God. So it's not by your works, by the things you did, because God doesn't want anyone to boast in the things they did. It'd be like the wealthy walk around and be like, man, look, I earned God's favor because I'm doing all these good things. No, he's saying it's, you don't earn God's favor by doing those things. You, you, earn God, you, you have God's favor because of grace, because it's a free gift that God gives to you. But he says we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So notice, Created in Christ Jesus to do what? Do good works. To do good. Which God pre- prepared in advance for us to do. So there's God's... We can essentially say Paul's kind of talking about the divine to-do list that God's given us. Right? He's given us this divine to-do list that each of us has this unique role to play that we can succeed and do things that God is asking us to do because he's given us the abilities to do it. Right? He's given us the opportunity because you have a unique uniqueness to yourself. You have significance 
um, in this life to make a difference. Uh, my wife, she loves to-do lists. You know, uh, she'll get she'll get her to-do list for the day, and she'll write all the things she has to do. And then throughout the day, she's checking them off as she goes. Um, I try to do it. She gets me a to-do list book because she knows it'll help me. I write down a few things, and I'm like doing one, and I'm like, all right, let's do clean this stuff. And I'm like cleaning over here. I'm like, oh yeah, my to-do list. I come back to. It. I'm just not as good as her, but God's essentially saying you have a to-do list. God has some things for you to do. If you'll just seek Him, you'll begin to find out what those things are, and you'll actually become more satisfied. Can I tell you, starting the Grove was one of God's to-do lists for my life, and I'm so, so thankful I did it. Like, there's something in my life that would have been missing and lacking if I would have ignored that call, if I would have ignored those opportunities that God put in front of me. And because of it, like, he's, he allowed, because of the Grove, now we're feeding 124 kids in Haiti. How awesome is that, right? Like, those kids would not be getting, being fed, possibly, if the Grove wasn't started, right? And, and there's people that joined that, the, the, the team that says, let's do this together. And a lot of churches, a lot of people said, hey, we're going to help you. We're going to give towards that. We're going to give time. We're going to give energy. We're going to pray for you guys. And it took a, a lot of people coming together to say, let's do this. Let's go after this. It's something God gave us. It's a to-do list. What is your to-do list? Because I, I, I guarantee there's some specific thing God has for you. And when you tap into it, you'll actually come alive. There'll be this, this moment where you say, wow, I was made for this. Like, this is my thing. Like, God, he wired me to do these things, right? In fact, in, uh, next month, we, we have our growth track where we help people discover their gifts, their personality, and how they can be a part of a team, uh, right? So uh, if you want to learn maybe how to walk in that direction and what does it look like to, to figure out what God has wired me for, our growth track next month, we're going to do a one day. So if you haven't been able to, you know, do with the, cl- the four classes in the month, We'll do one, one day where we can do all four classes. I would encourage you to go to that. It'll be in the middle of December. We'll let you know more as it gets closer, all right? So begin to discover that. Uh, so let me just make a few uh, points about our good deeds, right? So my good deeds are pointers to God, not myself. When we do good deeds, it's always a point. We're always supposed to point to God, not to self. Uh, in fact, when we point to self, that's where we get it wrong. Um, and Jesus, he, he told the parable. Or he, he didn't tell the parable. He... he um, um, he corrected the Pharisees for, for doing their good deeds for people's praise, right? So essentially the Pharisees were giving money to the poor, but they're making a big show of it. They're saying, hey, guys, look at this. Hey, get some cameras, get the news crew out here. I want them to see how much money I'm giving to this poor person, right? They'd make a big show of their generosity. And Jesus said, you know, they're missing the point. It's not about, it's not about um, for, for your self-pleasure, for your own benefit, Right? You do it because God's asking you to do it. And, he, and in fact, Jesus says that praise that he got, that's all the blessing he'll get from that generosity. Like people's applause, people saying, wow, that guy's great. That's it. There's no more in heaven to say, you, you're awesome. Here's, here's some blessings for you. But when you do it in secret, God says, when you do it for the right motives, the right reasons, your father in heaven who sees it actually smiles upon it and gives you more opportunities to do even more. And he, he's, he's pleased with it. Um, so our good deeds always point to God. In fact, Jesus said like this in, in the Sermon on the Mount, his first sermon, Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp or put it under a bowl. And put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. So Jesus is saying, okay, this lamp thing, like your light, light of the world, you're going to shine bright. We're going to put you on a table so they can light up the whole house, right? You're called, your life is called to be a light to the city, to, the, to your neighborhood, to your uh, workplace, to your school. Like you live in such a way that you let light shine. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. They want to, they can see your good deeds, the life that you live, and glorify your Father in heaven. So when you do good deeds, it's going to point to God, and they're going to say, wow, there's something different there, and God will get the credit for it. And when we do it this way, their hearts are open, and God does an amazing work in their life, right? In fact, I would say, when, if you want to know what God's heartbeat is, like if you can get close enough to his heart to listen, right, um, it, would, it would be beating for the lost. 
for the hurting, for those that are far and, and, and they don't have the resources, those that, that, don't, that don't know God's love, that have been hurt, his heart beats for them. If you listen, it'd be like the lost. I care for the lost. In fact, Jesus told three parables, it's a trilogy, three in a row, of, of a lost sheep, of a lost coin, and a lost son. And the and he, reason he did it back to back is because he wanted to illustrate, you know what God's heart is? The lost. You know what God cares about? The lost. You know what God stays up thinking about all the time? The lost. You know who God loves to partner with? People who go after the lost. His heart is beating for the lost. And he's saying, if you'll just join me, if you'll let your light shine, partner with me, we'll make a big difference in this world. So our, our, my, our good deeds point to, to God. Our good deeds are samples. Also, are, they're also samples of Jesus Christ. So uh, our, my good deeds, they point to God, and my good deeds are samples of Jesus Christ. Uh, a sample. Um, let, me, let me illustrate this for you, right? You guys ever gone to Sam's Club? Especially on Saturday morning, right? I think this is like the best time to go. Uh, because uh, at the edge of the aisles, these little carts come out, right? And these people come out wearing these green, I think green, I think they're green outfits, right? And um, they have these little snacks and, and t- treats and drinks and all these little cool things, right? They, they, they built this little concoction for you to try, right? It's like some pita chips and some special dip and sometimes like guacamole with some salsa and mangoes and, and they, 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 they make it and they, they let you try it, right? So like when we go, my, my kids are like, dad, can we just hang out in this aisle? Like this is a really good aisle. There's a cart, 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 cart. I can get like lunch here, dad. Let me just walk down this aisle, right? And so you walk down the aisle and you come to this trade and you like, they give it to you and you eat it and you're like, wow, this is pretty good. And when you really like it, they're like, oh, it looks like you're liking it, right? Well, let me tell you, this is just a sample. So there's more of this. Let me tell you, you can get more of this. In fact, you can take it home. You can take as much of it home as you want. So if you go down this aisle in this freezer or this, this aisle, there's some, some chips. You can buy those chips. They're actually from like this country. They're pretty amazing. And over here, you can buy this. So you don't have to just take a sample home. You can take the whole thing home. My good deeds, they're just a sample of Jesus Christ. When I do good for others, it's pointing to God, right? It's, it's, it's illustrating and giving them, like, like the psalmist says, taste and see the Lord is good. We're giving a little taste of what heaven's like. We're giving a little taste of what Jesus is like. And when they want more, it's like, hey, I'm not it. Sorry, I'm just a sample. But let me tell you about who the real deal is. Let me tell you who really can make the difference in your life, right? And our good deeds actually point to God, and they just are, are samples of what God can do in their life. And when somebody experiences a good deed, their heart opens up, and they can experience the whole thing, the whole grace that God has for them, which is really the point of it all anyways. Uh, Acts 10, uh, 10, 38 says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, how he went around doing good. So even Jesus modeled this for us. He said, I'm going I'm to show you what it looks like to live a life that serves others, that helps others. He went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. God is looking for people exactly like what he used Jesus for, to bring, bring freedom to people, to do good deeds, to do good for others. He's still looking for those individuals to say, will you partner with me so I can be with you, right? God is with him. God wants to be with you, wants to um, anoint you for the, the ability to, to, to accomplish his, his purposes on the earth. So it's doing good, healing all. He wants us to bring freedom with our good deeds, with our lives. So our good deeds, my good deeds, they point to God. My good deeds are just a, they're a sample of Jesus. My good deeds will, will go the extra mile to show God's love for others. So my good deeds, they go the extra mile. You know, have you ever heard that phrase before, the extra mile? Um, it actually comes from Jesus' parable. Like, you should go the extra mile, right? It's actually not, not from a parable, from, from a, a teaching he did on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matthew five forty one. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. So here's Jesus' teaching. He says, if, 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 if someone forces you to go one, go, go the second mile on your own, right? 
there's some background to this, this teaching because um, in, in when he was teaching this, there was a law because the Romans um, were, were the ruling government over Israel, right? There was a law that said as a, as a Jewish person, if a Roman soldier asked you to carry their backpack or their gear for one mile, you had to. Like you had to give at least one mile, which is roughly 2,000 steps, right? And so um, even some of the Jewish boys, they, they would mark off how much 2,000 steps were when they would know this idea of how long it would be so they could stop carrying the backpack. So this, the Roman soldier came to you and said, hey, carry my backpack. By law, you had to carry the backpack for one mile, 2,000 steps. So Jesus says, so if you're, if you're forced by somebody to carry their, their backpack, instead of just going one mile, 2,000 steps, why don't you go two miles, 4,000 steps? And in this, he actually says, you'll actually bring heaven to earth. You're going you're gonna to change the dynamic. Um, here's what's really cool. It's a little subversive teaching that Jesus is actually trying to teach the people of Israel, right? Because what happens is when you go the extra mile, um, you, bring, you bring an insight into people's life about God. So if, if there was a Roman soldier, and he comes and tells a, little, a young boy to carry his backpack. The boy gets the backpack and starts walking, right? He knows the steps. You know, 1,000 steps, 1,010, keeps going. 2,000 steps. Now he knows it's done. So the Roman soldier's like, okay, you can't move my backpack. No, you know what? I'm going to go an extra mile. I'm going to carry more. And now the soldier, the, the young boy starts walking an extra mile. Now he's actually on his own accord going beyond what the law says. But more than that, he's now making the Roman soldier realize, okay, I have now caused somebody else to do something for me. He's going on his own accord doing this. Essentially now, because now he's breaking the rules, right? Because one mile was actually it's, it's the law. But beyond that, now it's kind of brutality, right? So now he's choosing to say, no, no, just to illustrate how, how corrupt your government is, I'm going to go the extra mile. And in this moment, now, instead of the Roman soldier dragging the boy with his backpack, now the boy with his backpack is dragging the Roman soldier. He's bringing an awareness of saying, hey, the way you're living is actually not the best. The way you're dominating us is not the best. And Jesus is saying there's a way to love and to care for others that brings an awareness to their life that says, hey, there's something better. Don't miss out on it. And so for us, when I, when I do good deeds, it goes the extra mile, right, to show people that God loves them. We, we, we don't go the one mile. We go two miles. When somebody asks for a quote, we give them everything we have, right? It's, it's, we're going to be above and beyond to illustrate and show God's love for us. In fact, uh, we talked last week about the acts of kindness cards. So proud of you guys. Um, last, last week, we put some on the tables. We ran out of them. And so people are like, man, we need more. So we brought some more for you guys if you need them. Uh, essentially, acts of kindness card. On the front, it says, something extra to show you that God loves you. And on the back side, so do we. And it just has our website. Very simple gesture. We do this every year during this season because, like we said last week, uh, from, from Thanksgiving, this time of Thanksgiving to the, to the new year, we'll have more suicides in that short period of time than the rest of the year combined. Um, it's just it's a, it's a, because of the tension that comes with relationships, with finances, everything that comes along. A lot of people struggle. So what if we as a church said, you know what, let's, do some, let's show some kindness because kindness is contagious. Let's do some kind gestures, some good deeds that we'd actually bring more of heaven to earth during this dark season that can be very dark. It's a very fun season, right? Because we get to thank God for Thanksgiving and all the things he's given us. And we get to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus for Christmas, right? And give gifts. It's a great season. But, our, but also it's dark because a lot of people struggle through, the, through this time. What if we said, hey, let's, let's, let's always look for opportunities to be a blessing to those around us. And, and the good thing is this, it doesn't have to be attached to money. You could do free things like cleaning somebody's yard. You know, if you make dinner, then make a little extra, right, and take it to a neighbor or take it to somebody who's in need. You can serve in communities. There's different ways you can, you can find ways babysit some, somebody's kids, right? And we have a paper out there that has a list of, like, you know, 20 things you can do, ideas. Be creative. Just figure out ways. How can I be generous? It's kind of like that sample, right? You know, like, hey, can I just give you a little sample of how good God is, right? 
a little something extra because God, buy somebody's coffee behind you at, at Starbucks in the line, right? Just go get a coffee and um, buy the next person's. It's just something simple to say, hey, why don't you know and have a great day? Make a difference in somebody's life. Um, other ways you can do this season, you know, during the season, people are looking for relationships or struggling. Uh, we, we, uh, next week, we're starting a series that's our favorite series here at the Grove. It's called At the Movies. And we're doing At the Movies Christmas Edition, uh, which is a lot of fun because we're going to take some Christmas movies and pull out some truths. Um, if you ever want to know when is a good time to invite somebody to church, this series is a great time to invite people to church because uh, they'll, they'll enjoy it so much, I promise. So if you're thinking, like, maybe I can invite a neighbor or a coworker, this would be a good week, right? Invite them, invite them uh, to church next Sunday or the Sunday after, leading up to Christmas. And um, during Christmas season, as you know, more people will say yes to an invite towards the Christmas season any other time of the year. There's just something about this season that they're open to say, yeah, I'll go to church with you. I'll, I'll try it. So bring somebody with you. That's a good way where it's not going to cost you anything. It's going to just cost an invitation. Uh, bring them out and, and let them enjoy uh, the day, right? So it's just, just ways that we want to put opportunities in front of you so you can say, I want to use my life to do good so that people can understand and experience God's grace. In fact, one of the reasons I'm a pastor is because somebody else's, many people, their journey of saying, I'm going to use my life and give my time and my energy to pour into others, to help others know that God loves them. And because of those people, they poured into me, they mentored me, they, they took opportunities to train me. Now I'm saying, man, I want to pay this forward. I want to help others to know how good God, God's grace is. Because if it wasn't for them, and them be generous with their time and their resources, I mean, I might not have experienced God's love the way I have. So I'm, so I'm grateful for them. So now I pay it forward, right? So I'm keep going forward. So it points to God. Uh, it's a sample of who Jesus is. We go the extra mile to help people know God's love. And the fourth thing is this. My good deeds will glorify God through his church. Um, God always wants to connect people to the, to, the, to the people, to his people, to the body of Christ, to the church, right? Because when we're connected to others in the church, that's when, when life change really begins to happen, transformation really happens. Um, you can have a relationship with God, but if you don't have a relationship with others, you're going to miss out on a big part of what the Bible talks about when it comes to freedom, when it comes to discovering how to make a difference with others. We, we partner together to do something greater than we could by ourselves, and so God, our good deeds always glorifies God, but then it attaches them to the church also. And so a big part of that is saying, how can we let people know that there's a community of people in Santa Fe that love our city, love our, love our community? So we do things. Like you can, you know, if you want to use your, your life for good deeds, you can start a small group. You can do a Bible study. You can do some kind of study where um, any kind of group, a serve group. You can, you can go out and serve needs in our, in our city. You can start a group. Now in, in this next year, we're looking for group leaders all the time. It's a way to use your time to make a difference. In fact, one of our group leaders, I was talking this last week, and, and they were saying, you know, when we're in the season, uh, it takes work, you know, to get the house ready, to get things ready, wherever they're meeting, if it's at a, at a, a coffee shop, whatever, to study, get things ready. They say it always takes a little bit of time, but as soon as the group is over, I always, like, pause and say, wow, that was so, so good. I've never had a group leader that leads a group says, man, I wish I would have done that. Usually it's, it's always, man, that was so beneficial for me, but it's also beneficial for the others. So small groups, uh, serving a need. Um, you know, we, we, in July, we do this serve day every, every July. We look for opportunities in our city to serve schools, nonprofits, just different organizations that are doing good. We look for opportunities to serve them, like cleaning their yards, um, cleaning in their, in their places, whatever they need help with. And so we just, we build these relationships and try to serve them. Um, and this last year we had a ton of people go out and serve these different parts of our community. And, uh, one of the, one of the relationships, uh, we, we in contact with them, they, they, uh, teen shelters, they, the youth shelters, they serve um, homeless uh, kids and teenagers in Santa Fe. And so out of that relationship, they said, hey, we have some other needs that are inside. Would you maybe have some of your church that has the gifts to be able to do some of these things? And so we said, what is it? So they put a list together, and uh, I contacted somebody in our church that's really good at that stuff. And uh, he spent a day 
volunteered his time to go and fix some plumbing and to fix some different things. And uh, it's a way to give of yourself to be rich in good deeds, right, to be kind to others. And in that, it's a, it's a gesture. It's, it's, it's us saying, man, God loves you and so do we. God loves you and so do we. We're here to help you. We're here to serve you. Uh, small, small acts of kindness can change somebody's eternity. They can make a big impact. Uh, because God loves people. He loves people. He likes people. He wants us to partner with him to make a difference. Here's what I know about good deeds. Uh, good deeds open the heart. Not just for the person receiving it, but for the person giving. When I went to Haiti, right, and I saw the need there of all these kids that they would go to school if, they, if there was a reason to go to school. But since they're poor, they have to go look for jobs and go look for food. They can't be at school. So that just keeps the, the cycle of, of, of poverty going, right? Because they can't get education. They can't break that. So or feed one comes alongside and says, hey, let's give them a reason to come to school. We'll, we'll provide a meal every day. So now the parents say, you need to go to school because that may be the only meal you eat today. And, hey, you're getting it for free and you don't have to be working. So they get to school. They get education. So I saw the need. You know, my heart opened up. It wasn't like, oh, great, now I have to feed kids with my life. Right? It wasn't like this sad thing. It was like, man, my heart opened up and says, God, how can I do something with my life for this? What can I, what can I do in my life to make a difference in, in, in this organization? And every time God puts the things in front of us, my heart opens up and their heart opens up. And you know what happens? Our hearts open up to God and we say, God, what else do you want me to do? What else do you want, how do you want me to use my life? And when our hearts are open, we're actually willing to receive what God has for us. It's an amazing thing. And so, so partner it with God. Let, let him use your life. John three sixteen says like this. For God, he loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So God loved, his, loved the world so much that he gave, right? That is a description of God's nature, his character. He's a generous God. He loves, and out of that love, he's willing to be generous and to give. And he models for us and shows us. He says, now join me in this. If you don't know what heaven's like, you don't know the kingdom of God, it's, it's a generosity. It's somebody who uses their life to serve others. And notice what happens when you do that. People benefit from it. They experience God's love. They experience his life. Um, so my challenge for this week is, same challenge as last week, would you look for opportunities to be generous? And this week, would you give what's most valuable? That would be your time. Look for ways, starting today, starting this week, look for ways to serve. You know, if you're like, I don't know what to do, man, go to the closest school that you live by. If you have a, an afternoon, you have a couple hours, just go in and say, I love to volunteer, how can I help? And don't, don't just do it once, but, but try to do it continually. And when you're consistent at it, I promise your heart's going to open up, their heart's going to open up, relationships going to be built, and it'll make a difference because you're serving, you're giving of your time, you're giving of your energy to make a difference. You, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm not a teacher. Man, just go listen to them read. Go read to them. Go, go whatever you're gifted in, go, go offer that time, right? And, and I, I guarantee there's not a school that would say, man, we don't need your help. They, they can use your help. There's different ways to just look for opportunities to say, how can I use my life to, to do good? How can I use my life to make a difference in this world? All right? So that's my challenge. This week, would you look for opportunities to be rich in good deeds? Man, show kindness. This next season, would you look around and say, how can my life make a difference to those that need it the most? At the workplace, in the school, uh, in the house, in the neighborhood, in the city, right? Uh, in our church. If you're saying, how can I? I would love to get some time. Man, we'd love to be part of our team. We need more people serving because we want to reach more people in Santa Fe. And the more we have serving, the more people we can potentially serve and reach. So join, join the team. Be a part of what we're doing. Get involved. It could be a monthly basis, a weekly basis, um, whatever your schedule allows. We'd love to talk more about that growth track, right? Get there. So as we wrap up our service today, um, as we, uh, we're challenged to be rich. Man, whatever area you're rich in, learn to, to lean into that lane and use that to, to be rich. 
and open your heart up and say, God, what are the areas? Like we said last week, when you're willing, he'll make you able. And when you're open, he'll begin to use what you're saying yes to and make a bigger difference with our lives, all right? So be rich in good deeds. As we end our service today, there's, um, um, I, I have this sense that there are people in this room. Uh, one, you're really excited because you, you're thinking, wow, like this church is talking about how we can be generous to others and how we can use our life to care for others, not just about us. Yeah, it's not. In fact, the Bible is very clear that when we give and we use our lives in such a way, God smiles upon us. It's not about me, me, more and more. It's about how can I use my life. And for some of you, that resonates because in your life, you, you actually came today and you're saying, I need something different. I've been living for myself this whole time. It's all been about me and my life is not working. Things in my life are broken and I need God's help. It's not an accident you came today. It's not an accident. I, I believe that even these scriptures will inspire you to say, use your life for great greatness. Use your life for something different. Even when I talked in the beginning about significance, you might have been thinking, I really don't have significance. How can I make a difference? What can I do with my life? I believe if you begin to seek God, he'll show you. And the starting point is always saying, God, like, like John 3.16 says, right? He loved us so much, he gave his son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, have life in him. And it starts with us believing God, right? Belief is from the heart, right? So the Bible says if we confess with the mouth, and we believe in the heart that God is God, he's Lord, Jesus is Lord, but he's alive today, we will have that relationship with God, we'll be saved. So today I want to give an opportunity for those in this room that would say, that's me. And I need God's grace. I need his love. I want a new start. I need his help and his guidance. Do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service. And if that's you, and I'm not going to call you to the front, but right there in your seat, just lead you in a prayer. But if you're here today and you say, that's me, would you let me know by lifting your hand right in your seat right there? That's me today. And I want to invite God into my life. And I want to give him my life. I want to ask him to lead. Ask a few hands. Anybody else? Awesome. That's your hands. Oh, that's not working. God, I want you to come and help me. See, being a Christ follower means that you're following Jesus' lead. You're letting him lead the, the way. If you, if you raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you're a Christ follower today, Jesus follower, would you pray with us? I'm not praying alone. Say this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross so I could have a way back to you. Would you forgive me of my past, of my choices that have led me away from you, of my mistakes? Today, I put my trust in you. I believe that Jesus is Lord and he's alive today. I want him to come into my life and give me a new start. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's pray. Let's celebrate those that raised your hand. Prayed. So good. If you raise your hand, a couple things. Let me know by filling out the connection card. There's a, a box to check saying I made a decision. I'll send you a letter saying here's some next steps. On the way out, if you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles for you. Feel free to pick one up. Begin to read it. Ask God, God, lead me. Help me to know you more. Uh, another resource we have is called 10 Steps Towards Christ. If you're here and you want some next steps, uh, there's a great book that tells you more about what you did today, that prayer, saying, God, I want a relationship with you. Other steps that come after it, pick one up. I'd love for you to, to grow and learn in that um, so you can understand all that God has for you, all right? Some other steps that God leads you in. If you don't have a church, we'd love for you to be a part of our church. We'd love to be on this journey with you to help you become everything God intends for you to become, all right? Awesome. Hey, as we end our service, um, we always give an opportunity for us to give in the offering together. And today, like I mentioned, today's Kingdom Builder offering is special. 
100% of what comes in goes out, um, and it's going to make a big impact. I'm excited already from first service, talking to some different people. Um, I, I love it. In fact, um, uh, you know, uh, partnering with, with, with Zara, the, the young girl in our city, uh, we're partnering with another church, and um, we're working along with them to help figure out how to bring more resources. And just word of mouth has, has begun to travel, and other things have opened up to be able to help their family, which is pretty awesome. It's going to go above, above just the offerings, but even the relationships that are being built is going to be amazing. And um, one of the families in our church said, we love Kingdom Builders. We love what God does through it in, in our church. And so they wanted to know that we want to do a matching fund. We're willing to give up to $5,000 for every dollar that comes in. And so just so you know, whatever you give today, it's going to be matched up to $5,000. So your money will double. So every dollar you give is going to turn into $2, which is pretty significant. And I'm so grateful for families like them that would say, man, we love what God's doing. We're going to open our hearts. We're going to see what God can do in us and through us. And so I'm, I'm excited to tell you next week what takes place. And so if you didn't come prepared today to give, man, don't feel any pressure. Uh, you can wait till later in the week. You can give online. You can give next week. Just mark it to let us know as part of that. Uh, we want you to come prepared because we want you to be willing. We want you to do it out of a joyful heart, right? Because that's the heart that God honors. And not to ever do it out, uh, because you have to, but because you get to. And so uh, I'm excited for this offering today as we, as we give together. In fact, my wife and I this week, we prayed. I prayed and uh, we talked and uh, asked and said, hey, we want to give. What do you think? And so she thought for a while. I thought. And we came together. And, and she, she, this is how we do it. We say, what's the number you're thinking? And she says a number. And then I say a number. And if it's different, then we kind of negotiate and figure out what number is better. Um, and this time she said a number. And I'm like, that's the number I wanted. So, all right, let's do it. And so we committed and said, let's, let's be a part of this today. And so I'm, we're grateful to be a part to be able to say, hey, together, we can do so much more than we can by ourselves. And so thank you, church, for being generous. Uh, next week, in this next few weeks, we'll tell you how things are going, all right, and how what God has done with them. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. As we prepare our hearts, Lord God, to give of our time, of our talents, and even today of our treasures, God, we're thankful for a generous church, God, that when needs are presented, God, we do them. God, I thank you for all those that brought those boxes for Operation Christmas Child, for the hundreds, hundred and some kids that will get gifts from our church, Lord God, that are, um, are needing it, Lord God, that you will be, use that as a blessing to them. God, bless those that took time out of their day to, to serve that need and to do something about it. Today, God, we turn our hearts to you, and we pray that you would multiply even the offering that comes in today to do even more good. God, that it would point to you. God, it would be a sample of who you are to our community, to our world. And God, would you multiply it and let us do even more good than we ever thought possible, Lord God, this year. God, through the generosity of, of our church, Lord God, our community. We love you, God. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for modeling generosity for us. You're a good God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys next Sunday.